Hey, 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 I'm back. It's Saturday morning. And uh, went on a trip to Chicago. It's my hometown or where I grew up in the area. So that's always fun to do. Yeah, I haven't lived there in 30 years. That's a long time. And uh, yeah, I just got in last night, been away for three days. Um, making a lot of good observations about about things. It's 82 degrees. I had to check the weather. It's 82. We had a little storm. It's 67% humidity. Kind of muggy, but uh, the clouds are just breaking through. We had some rain about a half hour ago. Um, should have cooled things off, but I think we're going to struggle on this walk, bud. I think you're going to get. I think you're going to burn up. Because <laughs> that's what Buddy does. He burns up, bud. So yeah, this is a Arizona is not a green area. We're brown. This is the predominant color: dirt, sand, rocks. But you, I flew into Chicago, looked out the window, and it's just green everywhere. It's amazing how fertile the soil is. Growing corn, growing all kinds of good food for everybody. Soybeans apparently a critical food source for us all. So yeah, and then you get into on the ground how the Earth looks so much different on the ground. I was just driving around thinking about roads that were put in place 50, 60, 70 years ago. Each of these little municipalities were probably independent and the, not as many people living there, so they just put the roads in where they thought. And now we just drive through all these little small communities and the, the roads aren't the best as far as how they're laid out. But anyways, it is what it is. And then driving style is kind of cracking up because I learned to drive there. So my habits are that way. But I've um, definitely lost the Chicago driving touch. And I, I think what it is is people, you get people drive the same streets day after day after day. So they just, it's just, they just get accustomed to when the light turns red, when it's turning, when the arrow's coming up, if an arrow's coming up or not an arrow's coming up, you know, how far forward do you have to pull in to get the arrow to go off? I mean, when you live there and do it for 20 years, you just, you know the driving system. So then I just laugh. I don't know. I probably, I don't know where I'm driving. I'm just following the GPS. You know, it's kind of fun. There's a street I never heard of. What was it called? It's kind of an interesting name. I thought, never heard of this street in Chicago before. <laughs> A lot of them I recognize, but uh, yeah, yeah, interesting experience going back to a place that you used to live, but you haven't been there in a long time. So the sun's out, and the clouds have cleared through, and the sun is beating down on me, and I feel it. It's kind of warm. So it was a good trip. Made some contact, saw some old friends. Uh, one was a guy one of my first jobs worked with and I told him about the podcast so my uh, friend in Colorado you know said hey you may want to let people know you're doing the podcast and I was like well okay I'll I'll tell this friend about it it's pretty amazing how easy it is it looks so official on your iPhone or whatever phone you have you know you go to podcasts and you see the famous people 
have the famous podcast, you know, they all look so professionally produced, but, you know, Buddy's Walks in Arizona is right up there with the rest of them, looks just like, <laughs> looks, just, looks just like a nationally syndicated, well thought out, prepared in the studio podcast. I'm right up there with everybody else. You just got to know where to find the, the, the good content that you get here on my, uh, my podcast. So, um, yeah, you push a few buttons and you start recording and then boom, up it goes. And, uh, so my other friend is actually the the best man at my wedding. So that's kind of cool. So we, we really haven't stayed much in touch over the years. We sort of do. We have a, you know, good respect for each other, share a common faith and things. And, you know, he's, uh, He's lived in the Chicago area, and I, I just observe. It's like it's a different culture up here, man. I mean, it, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm jokingly thinking of uh, calling this podcast "Back in the USSR" for uh, flying into Chicago, just because they have such a liberal, socialist, weird vibe. I mean, it's just uh, it's so weird. I I think it has a lot to do with just if you. You get stuck in a culture and these ideas just get repeated over and over and over again. And everybody wants to have agreement with each other. So this, these kind of what I think are bad ideas <laughs> keep getting promoted over and over again. Sure, you know, people fight against, have some independent thought. But it's really not an entrepreneurial th- thinking. So, I mean, I think if you grew up in Chicago, it's really hard to have a entrepreneurs mindset now um, certainly there's examples where that's not the case there are some really probably fine entrepreneurs in Chicago area I'm just saying there's like I don't know 10 million people living there and they really love their uh, their socialism government stuff and the city's been so relatively corrupted I mean they use power and influence to get what they want. And as my one friend said, that's what, it's actually a really good commentary that hell is getting everything that you want. So that's a deep thought. <laughs> so I have to credit my friend for that one, which he, you know, he's been, he thought about it for a while. He probably read it somewhere and it's, but it's just good to express things. So, you know, so articulating, that's what a podcast, I'm just sharing my thoughts. I'm articulating thoughts for you, using my dulcet tones and my voice and chatting along as we go. So hell, hell is getting everything, everything you want. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of tangents you can play off of that, but it's an interesting concept. Um, so Chicago, yeah, I just... I don't know. You, it's a, getting on the plane in Phoenix, you know, and obviously like probably half the people on the plane, if not more, are Chicago people. And we, we, we adapt to whatever our surroundings are. And so those folks in Chicago certainly have adapted to their deal. And... Um, You know, it's so sad they have so many murders there now. And it's probably within like a two or three square mile area. And it's like, clean up your own mess, dudes. I mean, I 
they have like no standing to tell the rest of the country what to do. <laughs> How about that? Why don't we just leave it at that? Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs may win today, but you guys better clean up your own act before you start trying to tell the rest of the country what to do. Plus, I find out I find how funny it is that you guys vote so crazily along the same lines. It just It's just brainwashing. You're just influenced by so much, you know? And, okay, so I, I grew up there, but I'm, I, I've never really adopted those thinkings. I mean, it was, I was, it, the, the, the city is called Cook County, and I was out in the burbs, so I was one of those rich kids, snobby kids, or whatever. But just grew up with the independent, less government kind of view of the world. So, anyways, I may have a couple of listeners in Chicago now. And I'm sorry, but I'm in the desert, so... I kind of look at things a little differently. And one of them is just driving, you know? I mean, we got big, wide streets, straight streets out here. It's pretty good driving. And a lot of new stuff. New communities, a lot of people moving in town. Growth. Sunshine. It's just different. You know, the power structures are more fluid. A lot more entrepreneurs. And what, what, what is an entrepreneur, really? I mean, it's someone that's creating something, adding value, trying to find out how can they add value? How can they develop a product, service, or idea that, that others will benefit from? You know, whereas the fixed mindset is these, like, um, one of my friends, he, he's had good things to say about unions, which there might, there are some, perhaps. <laughs> but but uh, we'll get to that in a little bit moment. But the idea is that you uh, have a fixed skill, like plumber, electrician, and you're a tradesman. And so, yeah, you, you know, that's a worthwhile skill. The union negotiates for higher wages and you know that's probably good for the worker at the end of the day but at the same time it's it, it continues the groupthink mentality the hey I need um, some leader of my group to go do my bidding whereas the entrepreneur says I ain't got no union I'm creating something I'm I have an abundance mentality the world is not fixed. There's not a fixed number of electricians. There's not a fixed number of plumbers. And, oh, by the way, if I don't like what I'm getting paid as a plumber, go do something else. Nothing says you have to stick doing it. Start your own plumbing service. Hire your own plumbers. Be an entrepreneur. Do something. I'm looking at a truck right now with a marketing logo splashed on the truck that says Chaz Roberts AC and plumbing company so the the income inequality of the owner of Chaz Roberts whoever Mr. Chaz Roberts in 
He's making money off the backs. That's the old thing, making money off the backs of others. <laughs> but, but the people choose to work for him, right? This is like the choose, freedom to choose. This goes way back to this economist Friedman, I think. He has a book, Free to Choose. And we don't want to take responsibility for ourselves. That's an unfortunate thing. I, I mean, I suffered through it. I'm on a journey. I got to take responsibility for whatever's going on. And it's so much easier to blame others for stuff. You know, I'm only getting 25 bucks an hour as a plumber because my union chief didn't negotiate this thing. Man. And this is where the side hustles and, and people do it instinctively if you think about it. I mean, the plumber might go, okay, I'll take my 25 bucks an hour, get my benefits, do that. But on the side, I'll go do some plumbing jobs as well on the side and work 60 hours a week and make money. That's his choice. Go for it. The, the union just kind of makes things. On the one hand, it's smoother so you can get some fixed costs like the the guy building a 100-story building needs plumbers throughout the building. He just hires some contracting company. They're all union. They all get 25 bucks, and the contractor just manages the, the bill. There's 20 plumbers working the building for three months, blah, blah, blah. Just write the check out, get it done with. That's capitalism. That's The guy wants the building built, counts the cost, gets it done. So in some ways, I don't really care about unions. And this gets back to, are you a responsible for yourself concept? And I'm like, just don't shout and make a big spectacle of yourselves because you're in a union. Because we just, I just don't really care. We don't really care. Only you guys care. <laughs> so please don't go get yourselves on TV and protest politicians. Whatever. It's kind of a phony influence people think that uh, bernie sanders was in kansas yesterday like a 20 percent trump state and again he's he's such a fixed mindset income inequality i had this discussion with my 19 year old it's like dude these people talk about income inequality and they just take a snapshot in time like okay right now who's getting paid what Who's getting paid what? Oh, well, we got this 16-year-old kid making 10 bucks an hour at McDonald's. We got this 60-year-old CEO of General Motors making uh, $10 million a year. Oh, that is freaking income inequality. That kid, he's making 10 bucks an hour and this CEO of General Motors is making 10 million. Oh my gosh, this is, we got to stop it, Bernie says. We've got to stop this. <laughs> and will anyone back off and say wait a minute isn't this stupid bernie isn't your whole message stupid because the guy that's probably the, the ceo of general motors making 10 million he was 16 years old one time and he was probably making one dollar an hour so these snapshots of the current situation take no into account no training no history no motivation no personal character no anything and just says i'm bernie i'm gonna get you 10 million dollars a year at general motors or i'm gonna take that guy's 10 million i'm gonna give it to the 10 dollar an hour guy oh it'll be heaven on earth when that happens 
so much heaven on earth. Actually, it'll be like my friend said. Bernie will get what he wants, and it'll be hell for everybody. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. What a joke. But that's the thing is people get stuck in their paradigms of whatever their income is and their job situation. And they're really salary slaves, they call it, right? You work for some big company and you've taken what they're... Huey Lewis had a great song, I'm taking what they're given because I'm working for a living. So as one like myself who's wrapped up my identity in my life about being an engineer, making cool products, it starts turning out like eh, no one person does all those things. You're part of a group. So, you know, it's kind of a, again, taking responsibility for myself. So one of my options would have been to, like, realize that early on. That, like, okay, I'm just kind of stuck in a system. Like it or not, I'm not going to protest and change the corporate structure system. I have to go along with it. But what I could do is get a side hustle. And that... I didn't do a side hustle when I was 20 or 30. I wasn't thinking side hustle. And side hustle is just working another job, being an entrepreneur, figuring something out, being creative. Use your talents. What are you outlier at? What's your gift? Go do it. Go enjoy it. That's You can have your baseline union job, if you wish, baseline corporate job or whatever you're doing. But... Uh, more than likely, it's not going to be 100% fulfilling when you're working for somebody else. And the, the, when you work for someone else, they're not perfect. They don't, they're not, they don't have your best interest in mind. They have their own. And it's not that they're evil. It's just if you had even a small company of 20 employees, how can the owner really take the interests of the other 20 people in mind and kind of like figure out the ultimate compromise so that all 20 people are not only getting equality of income but equality of job and life satisfaction and work-life balance. So work-life balance doesn't come from top down. It's yourself negotiating it figuring out well, what are you going to do how are you going to handle it I, and i'm still learning this stuff i I'm, I'm not i'm walking my dog baby this is not a prepared speech about what that i've got it all figured out i'm just processing my own thoughts because i'm on a journey to get my own work-life balance and it's I'm older, so it's getting closer to just balance. <laughs> or, I mean, just life. It's not work-life balance. It's, 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 it's going to be less about the work and more about the life. And that's what we want to have anyways. You can have the life. It just works there, too. So that old phrase, you know, do you live to work or do you work to live? So... Not that interesting to talk about, so I'll move on to something else. What do we want to move on to? Um, Bud is a bit hot already. We're heading back, Bud. Um, 
skies are clearing. It's warmer. I can't believe it's going to be 105 today. Another hot one. And I think I saw 115 next week. So we're getting ready for another roasting. Usually it doesn't do that in July, but there you go. So yeah, my brain just went to travel. So I was in Chicago, they had some thunderstorms, delayed flights, and a family just coming back from Europe. They spent some time in Poland, but they, they, their first comment was, well, we just got back from Berlin. And of course, that's one of my favorite cities. So I'm in line waiting for our flight, got delayed another half hour talking to them. They live here locally, kind of cool dude. And his, they had the trip from hell. They were still holding up. They were, this was their last leg to get home, Chicago to Phoenix. And traveling can be quite a, quite a pain in the butt, right? So you gotta, it's again, better to be peaceful and lower the expectations because I, I would say like 80% of airline travelers are kind of like less frequent travelers. So they kind of have very high expectations of the airline industry. So it's rife for complaints. And mine is lower the expectations, baby. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be so much at peace to just lower the expectations. Prepare to be disappointed princess bride i think it is prepared to be disappointed hey steve hey, just walking the dog man <laughs> getting it in, getting it in. Have a good one. thanks you too how's teddy doing uh he's doing good he barks at everybody <laughs> what's the other one's name leto Le leto leto all right yeah good seeing you man yeah hey bud let's go I know you like the shade, but come on. Um, prepare to be disappointed. Travel. Berlin. So they, these guys had quite a painful journey. I think they're on 48-hour travel, which uh, 48 hours is, sounds unbelievable. But because I think the most I've done is 24 to 36 hours from door to door, which is really painful too but 48 well what happened to them was they got they're going from Poland to Berlin they got like a 12-hour delay in Berlin and they didn't know Berlin well enough Tegel Airport's tiny but it, the nice thing about Tegel Airport is you're in and out you can get in and out of that baby so quick that they probably should just hit the streets 12 hours and done some fun stuff but they, they hung out in that airport. And that airport's tiny. There's, nothing, there's no entertainment there. And they have great connections. They got a bus. You just hop on the bus and go around, cruise around, do something. So, yeah. So, I mean, I have the advantage. I didn't say what I would have done because they were just over with. It would just piss them off. But I probably would have gone to Savinia Plots. And uh, my favorite pizza place is Zwolf Apostolen which is the 12 apostles. So they have a, a pizza made, a wood-fired pizza oven for named after every apostle, like James, John, Mark. They even have a Judas, which has the spicy peppers. <laughs> so, and it's on my favorite, one of my favorite names, streets. 
Bleib Troy Strasse, which is like, stay true, baby. Bleib Troy. Yeah, Bleib, Bleib Troy Strasse. Savinjeplatz. And uh, of course, there's another fun name called Finkenstein LA, where they have the Nazi Schwimmbad, as my friend Jens took me there. So I got, I got to swim in the Nazi Schwimmbad. <laughs> <laughs> where they they had like swastikas and things in the swimming pool. This it's uh I think they removed them. Jens showed me where they removed them from. But yeah, it's nothing like standing naked around a bunch of Germans on Finkenstein, LA, going for a swim. Um. So yeah, so why it was at 48 hours? So they, they got 12 hour delay in Berlin, so that sucked. Then the, they struggled with that next flight, which was supposed to go to like London or something. So they put them on a, a, a flight to Madrid, Spain, which in hindsight, they said, yeah, that was good because they got to Spain at like midnight and they were out till three in the morning cruising around. And they had like a 10 year old daughter with them. So the 10 year olds getting all these cool experiences too. So they weren't planning on going to Madrid, so they got a little bonus bonus trip out of that. And then they finally got back to Chicago and then Phoenix. So 48 hours. And I remember his name now, Kim. He told me he's, he's, he's one of these uh, Christmas-like guys, so I know kind of where to go or look if I want to look him up again. He's kind of a cool dude. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, the Christmas tree light guy. So, in Phoenix at Christmas, it's pretty nice out. At night, it might be 60 degrees. And some people, like, go crazy with Christmas lights. And then people go and they drive, their, they drive over to these people's houses. And they usually get invited in. And you can walk around their house and look at all the lights. It's not my thing, you know. But a lot of people love it. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> ah, a little bit of breeze. Bud, you feeling good? We're on the back stretch here, buddy. So Bud, I miss Bud, you know. It's been a couple of days. Bud's back. I come back in the house last night and there's Bud barking at me. So happy to see me, aren't you, Bud? Because no one does a podcast when they walk you, right? <laughs> I'm the only, am I the only guy, Bud, that does a podcast when they walk you? Yeah. It's all about Bud. Okay, so, um, what do you see, bud? Stuff's a little damp. It's not, it's unusual for here. So other Chicago observations. There is a, I stayed at a hotel in the suburbs near where I was having my customer visits. But there was a forest there, and I, I'm trying to get, get you know, exercise more. My knee is still sore, and I love to run. So there's a, a trail through the woods. And I'd probably driven up and down these streets when I was a youth. And uh, never would have thought I'm going for a run in those woods. But it was quite pleasant. Very different experience than anything in Arizona. Because they just don't have forests like that. So it was like the Potawatomi thing so you got the uh, Indian thing going so 
Yeah. So it was fun to run through the woods, and it's right next to the Powaukee Airport, it's called, which is now the Chicago Executive Airport. And they have some mighty fine corporate jets there. So I got this visit called on for fun, this uh, corporate jet owner. They own four G280s, which are mighty fine corporate jets. And uh, there's what they call a scheduler and dispatcher. And she, um, she's got a nice Polish, Chicago Polish name. So she's cool. So I enjoy talking to her. She's been there like 30 years. And it's just fun, you know, to, to, uh, to chat with her because she's, uh, her job is to make sure whenever they want to use those four planes that everybody's knows what they got to do. The maintenance guy, the pilots, there's 13 pilots for four planes. So she's got to make sure which pilot's doing what and so forth. And, you know, obviously whoever owns these four planes has a lot of cash because <laughs> he's got about a hundred million dollars invested in four planes and probably more on top of it for the hangar and everything else. So I know who they are, but I'm not going to put it on the podcast. Well, I've never met him, but what's kind of cool is the the family uh, CEO is also a pilot. He said, oh, "I'm gonna why not? You know, he's he's got plenty of money. He might as well learn how to fly these babies." So that's cool. That's cool. So we'll see. But they're they're a low key, super wealthy Chicago area family. I don't really know much about them personally or anything, but the story is they. The, the family helped another family business out back in like the early 1900s. And they ended up getting all these shares, stock shares when they were highly depressed. And, but they helped them out financially. And so now they're the majority stakeholder in this. I don't know if it's a Fortune 50. It's a pretty big company. So that's kind of cool. You know, you get a, le that's a legacy, but it's, it's fortunate. And so, my, fa my favorite movie is one of them. It's Jerry Maguire, right? So he's going on about how he loves black people, right? Because he's talking to the guy on the phone, the famous, the famous show me the money scene. And Jerry's like, I love black people, right? So I'm adapting that to I love rich people. See that, I mean, it's not that I am a rich person. But I'm just realizing there's the outlier wealthy people. And that doesn't make them bad. I mean, this family's father made a good decision, probably based on love and like, hey, I'll help you out. And it, he hit the jackpot. You know, it's like he did something nice for somebody and he had no idea how it was going to turn out. 80 to 100 years later, He's got an empire, a family that, you know, they're, as they say, living large. And so well, I don't want to disparage them for that. And uh, so it's awesome. And that's probably the abundance mentality. The fixed mindset says, hey, there's, all, there's only so many corporate jets, right? <laughs> and I know the company would say, no, we'll make more. If, if you want one, we'll make another one. <laughs> 
So yeah, the, the corporate chats are just like ordering a cheeseburger at a at a restaurant. They'll make another one. Don't worry. There's abundance of corporate chats. <laughs> oh, hopefully the listener sees the humor in that. So I've got the corporate jet mentality, which helps me when I travel on commercial flights too, because the guys in first class, they kind of give off this, I don't know if it's there like embarrassed because like, oh crap, I'm, I'm only, I'm only five foot six and I'm sitting in first class and here the six foot five guys walking back to the peasant class, you know, <laughs> but uh, I squeeze in, I can suffer by for three hours, whatever. I really don't care. So it's like I'm learning not to complain. I'm trying not to be a whiner and a complainer. So I put up with it. But on the other hand, I also, I'm not impressed with people in first class anymore. Because I'm like, dude, flying in first class on this American Airlines flight from Chicago to Phoenix, that, that's not impressive to me. Now, going to Pewaukee Airport and getting on a global express and flying somewhere in a private jet now yeah now that's impressive (laughs) but sitting in first class as they say that doesn't mean jack (laughs) old jack doesn't mean jack right bud are you are you hot and bothered bud are you feeling like you need to sit down i mean there's a nice breeze here and you're dripping your tongue is just letting that that uh, that work you just had, that workout, Bud's workout. What do you want to do, Bud? Yeah, you got the wind blowing. That feels good. So yeah, flying airports. It's all it's all fun. All good stuff. And uh, yeah, travel, airports. Saw some Frenchies. Tried a little speak a little French at the airport and uh, not too bad they appreciated it they're from Bordeaux I found out area so they just took a train up to Paris Charles de Gaulle flew to Chicago now they're going to Salt Lake City and I think they're doing a they're doing a uh, bus trip around the Northwest area so then they'll enjoy that and uh, so I was explaining how I, when I try to speak French now, German words, words pop into my head. So like, um, if I ask, like, hey, did you fly in today? That would be, aujourd'hui is today in French, but I was, I couldn't think of that right away. So all of a sudden, hoita jumps into my head, which is German for today, hoita. And uh, then they go, oh, our daughter, she was like 14. Oh, she's studying German. So then, you know, she was too embarrassed. Like, what am I doing? This is American dude talking to me in French, little German, blah, blah, blah. My parents are embarrassing me. Whatever. That's universal teenager behavior. (laughs) The universal teenage embarrassment behavior. But I backed off. I'm learning to back off. I know I'm an, an uber extrovert and just like to talk to people for the hell of it because I get energized by that stuff. I back off. I can back off. I try to be polite. I'll save it for the podcast. 
<laughs> oh yeah, save it for the podcast, baby. So what other, I'm starting to, actually I'm starting to, as I go along in life, or maybe I should write these things down, and that's probably what other people do too, it's like, oh, this would be a great subject for the, for the podcast. Well, I haven't gotten there yet, I don't know if I will, but uh, angst, something fires you up, right? That, there's this concept of the holy discontent, which I kind of enjoy that sound to it. What is your holy discontent? And then, and I really don't have a, I sort of do, I think mine's, I guess my, yeah, mine's organized religion. I really, I participate in it and it holds promise for good living. It holds promise for love and good relationships. But it's, it's unfortunately mostly promise, and that doesn't really deliver. And so I'm still working through that. Why does it not deliver on the promise? And I think people, one of them is, is they want to stick in their in-group. We're the in-group. we got it figured out. Believe like we do. Agree to what we believe. Then you're in. Then you're loved. Then you have a family. You know. So... A bit, a bit uh, challenging. So my holy discontent is that I really don't like it because they come across, to me, they come across pompous. But, of course, the podcast listener probably thinks I'm pompous. And it's like, well, okay, so maybe I'm pompous. But I still love everybody always, so I like that mantra. Love everyone always. So I love the people in Chicago. And I will take the words of Jesus to heart and just say I forgive the people of Chicago for they know not what they do right (laughs) they do really stupid things but we forgive them for that and we love them so you know so one of the takeaways hope from this podcast is to um, take ownership so I got to take ownership of my life, I got my thing, I got my outlier gifts, I got my holy discontent, and just live it. I gotta figure out how to live it. How do I walk in the spirit, the sola spiritu ambulanto walking? And uh, just keep at it. So we're coming up, bud, we're almost here. And uh, so maybe I'll, yeah, Back in the USSR, I think is a good title for this podcast. Going to Chicago is a little bit like that. Sorry, Sorry, Chicago listeners. But uh, like they say about USSR, not everything was bad in the USSR and not not everything was bad in Chicago and there you go those super dogs on Milwaukee Avenue with barbecue sauce and the hot dog no bad idea I shouldn't have done that that's not a Chicago dog it's Portillo's is the place just your standard uh, 
peppers, mustard, but you know, mustard and onions and stuff, but not this barbecue sauce. No, we can't be doing that. Right, right, bud. There's your feet. Feet are in. Washing of the feet. Okay, you hop on out. And now I gotta sit down, bud, and stop recording because that's it, right, bud? So I gotta get the phone out. See how we did. We're in the shade now. And turning on the phone, getting over to the app. 40 minutes. So hopefully there was some value in your 40 minutes. Play it at 2x speed if you need to, and you get the same amount of value in 20 minutes. So you just doubled your value. All right. So have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.